Welcome to Rockwell ISD Podcast, Keeping It Real with Dr. V. Real. I'm your host, Dr. V, and today we're talking with Mr. Justin Holland, who is a member of the Texas House of Representatives for the 33rd District, which includes Rockwell County and a portion of Collin County. Join us as we discuss important topics relating to educating our most important customers, our students. So let's talk about excellence now. Our vision is our purpose. Why? Because growing others in Rockwell ISD is who we are. Let's talk about innovation. There are opportunities for us to improve. So let's talk about relationships. Thank you for joining us. For this episode of Rockwell ISD Podcast, Keeping It Real with Dr. V. Real. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Rockwell ISD. And you can find us on our website at rockwellisd.com slash podcast. I'm your host, Dr. V. And today, we're talking with our state representative, Mr. Justin Holland, about the current legislative session and issues facing Public Education. Representative Holland, so so honored to have you here with us today on our podcast. Thank you so much. I'm glad to be here. Well, you, you do so much, and there's a lot of conversation happening right now in the state with regards to um, public education, and thank you for representing our community, our staff, and our students. We appreciate all you're doing. You bet. You know, before we get started, can you talk a little bit about your background in Rockwell ISD as a student? Sure, absolutely. I uh, graduated from Rockwell High School in 2002, but uh, my family's been here for many generations. I am a sixth generation. My kids are seventh generation. I've got one in kinder or one in first, and one will go to kindergarten next year. And uh, my my grandfather graduated from Rockwell High School in 1952. Both of my parents in '81, and me in uh, '02. And so we have a, a pretty deep history here in Rockwall ISD, and uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. Well, there's a lot of tradition. I know that we value community. It makes us special. The relationships are huge. That's one of the district's core values. We do have a lot of teachers out there that listen to us. And can you talk a little bit about which schools you were enrolled in? You bet. Um, I, I got to actually go to three elementary schools. I, I started off at Dobbs, like most people do uh, or did back in the day. Uh, went there for a while, and we started growing, uh, as we still are growing now. And they sent a note home with us to our parents and asked us if uh, there were people that would volunteer to go to Reinhardt. And I had a bunch of friends that I played baseball and football with that went over there. And uh, I was kind of – I like doing that anyway. So I just asked uh, my mom, "Would can I start going to Reinhardt? And she said, I don't care. So I went to Reinhardt and uh, was there for a few years. And around third grade or so, we moved over to the south side of town um, where my my dad had built a building for his business, and uh, I uh, went to Rochel. So I got to go to all three elementary schools, and we only had three at the time. That's awesome. And then middle school and high school? I went to middle school at Utley and then high school at Rockwall. And so um, that, you know— that was uh, that was when Utley and Williams were the were the rival middle schools, and so all those buddies that you grew up going to elementary school with then became your your rivals across yeah, town. Yeah, we, we, a lot of our kids experience that right now. Can you talk a little bit about clubs or sports that you might have participated in? At high sure, school? I I, I, pl- I lettered in four sports. I, I played football and uh, I played for Coach Mark Elam, uh, and also was a four year letterman in wrestling. We won two straight uh, two state championships. Awesome. Uh, we won the two thousand and 2002 Texas State High School Wrestling Championships. Uh, and then I did powerlifting and track as well through shot and disc and uh, discus and track. 
a lot of history there. You know, um, one of the things that we always like to say, you know, teachers make a big impact on our students, and uh, we, we hope it's a lasting positive impact on our students, helping them go through, you know, development and growth and getting them ready for their college or work life. Can you talk about some teachers that had a big impact on sure, you? Sure, absolutely. And I promise you that this is not to suck up to anybody, but Lee Plagans uh, was my favorite teacher. She was my French teacher in high school, and I probably wasn't that great of a French student, um, but she was a great teacher to me and a mentor. And uh, there's something about the way that Lee operates that uh, that made a lasting impact on me. She handed me my diploma. Her first year on the school board, and she's still on the school board, so I think she was about 25 or 30 when she retired. Uh, but uh, she she gave me my diploma, still on the school board here. Uh, and, and then I have another one. My high school wrestling coach, uh, who was a counselor at the Rockwell High School, Steve Ellis, made a, a, a huge impact on me. He was a... Um, he was just a leader by example. When it, in the rest, you have to do a lot of conditioning, a lot of working out and running. And he would get out there and do it with us. He wouldn't stand on the side and blow whistles. He would run with us, and it made a a big big impact to me that a leader like that would not just uh, tell you what to do, but uh, he would be out there doing uh, and leading with you. And so uh, Steve Ellis uh, and Lee Plagans, I would say, made the biggest impact on me at Rockwell High School. I, I bet they would. They're so proud of you and all that you're doing now, as you represent um, our teachers. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the '86 legislative session. Sure, absolutely. I know you're you have a lot of involvement in what's happening in terms of the discussions taking place for public schools and public school funding. You know, Rockwell ISD has some board-approved legislative priorities. Yes. One in particular that is that is very important to us is the recruitment and the retention of high-quality teachers for our students here in Rockwell ISD. When you consider teacher pay, when you consider the current job market, um, who's in college and who's coming out of college prepared either to go into public education or into the business world environment, we definitely definitely want salaries that are competitive um, so the teachers choose public education and choose to invest in our kids. Can you talk a little bit about House Bill 3 and, and the impact on um, students and, and teacher pay? Sure. Well, this being my second session, uh, I've kind of got my legs under me a little bit more. And one of the things that was extremely uh, encouraging to me was that we came out with House Bill 3. Uh, we didn't know that it was going to be House Bill 3, but we came out with school finance as our number one priority, public education. That's encouraging to me because it's one of the reasons, uh, if not the main reason, that I wanted to go there because uh, investing in, in teachers and students um, – it starts with investing in the classrooms, and and we are it's it, we are laser focused this session on making sure that we take care of public schools. Um, we're going to be directing more money than ever to the classrooms, uh, by, and also still giving you all the local districts the discretion and flexibility to spend that money and those resources as they uh, see fit. Um, House Bill 3 substantially raises the minimum salary schedule for teachers. So when you're talking teachers and and your legislative priorities, uh, we're going to be providing $140 million in funding for district programs to uh, make sure that you guys are able to recruit and retain good teachers. Um, It's really important for our school districts throughout the state that struggle to even attract and retain teachers at all. this bill provides our school districts with the resources to do that. Um, 
and I know that uh, while while uh, supporting current teachers, we also want to provide ongoing support for teachers throughout their career. So we're going to be um, you know providing some professional development programs, training programs. We want to make sure that our teachers are proficient, up to date on these instructional practices as they change and as technology advances and whatnot. Um, but we also want to make sure we're taking care of our retired teachers. It's been a huge thing. Uh, the retired teachers are a loud voice in uh, Texas uh, legislative uh, priorities, and uh, we have another bill by Dr. Bond and House Bill 9 um, that's going to increase our state share of TRS payments. And so making those teachers' retirement funds more stable and solvent uh, for generations, um, you know, Teachers that are here currently, teachers that are getting towards the end of their career, teachers that have retired, uh, we just want to invest in that fund today so that we can make sure that we reassure everybody that's involved in this system that those funds are going to exist for them tomorrow. Um, and so that House Bill 9 makes sure that that state's pay uh, is more and invest in long term for the teachers. Um, specifically to pay raises. The House uh, is doing our deal a little bit different in House Bill 3. We want to make sure that we don't prevent you guys from making those, but we're not going to mandate a, you know, a certain you know, a certain raise. So we're going to invest that $9 billion uh, above and beyond the enrollment growth uh, to the basic allotment and provide that flexibility. It's going up over $6,000. So locally, we'll have control in terms of how we want that's to, the, to make that's those the, decisions. That's the plan, yes. And and um, really exciting to hear that that there are some serious opportunities here for improvement of uh, to support our teachers um, and have high quality staff for our students. Um, can you talk a little bit about um, Senate Bill Four? And I know there's a lot of discussion out there in terms of a maybe a, a first plan here. There's, sure. there's more work to do. I know of of five thousand dollars per teacher. Librarians were amended into Senate Bill 4. How, how is that going to work? Sure. So I'm going to have to get into a little bit of inside baseball on that question because uh, a lot of times in the in the, the legislature, you'll see a bill filed in the House and what's called a companion filed in the Senate. Um, a lot of times they're identical and sometimes they're not. In this case, they're not. We ha- House Bill 3 is a plan. It really does lay out the exact mechanics of how that $9 billion is going to be spent. How uh, Senate Bill 4 is a little different. It's kind of a come back here later and see what comes in here. We feel certain House Bill 3 is going to be the one that makes it across the finish line. The Senate and the House will come together in a conference committee, and they're going to decide on the best things uh, for the state. Uh, their version of a bill does include a $5,000 teacher raise. Ours includes increasing the basic allotment, giving flexibility to the districts. And so um, that's all going to get decided later. Senate Bill 4 is kind of a you know, uh, it's a their bill that they filed so that they filed one. And uh, our bill uh, kind of lays out the exact mechanics of what we're going to do. So um, I feel certain that uh, that everybody's on the same page here. We believe that there are a couple of different ways of going about it. And I think that the kids are going to be the ones that benefit from this in the end. There's definitely appearance that, that we're all working, seem to be trying to work together on both the Senate and the House side as it relates to public education, D- different than I've ever seen. Sure, there's a there's definitely a new tone this session, and, and like I said, being in my, my second time, um, it, it's really encouraging to see uh, everybody working together. There's a different tone in the building, there's a different tone in Austin, there's a different tone on the floor, and uh, even everybody that's involved in uh, you know advocacy or, or legislative affairs, government affairs, 
they're kind of scratching their heads going, well, this is going too well. And, and believe me, there will be some times throughout the session when tensions get high and things um, you know, tend to, to get heated, but we're only there for 140 days. And so uh, I, I do think that it's, a, it's going to be a smooth session. Uh, there will be a few bumps, but we'll, that's to be expected. Well, I definitely want to uh, recognize Representative Huberty, Represent, Representative Bonin, yourself, um, for uh, taking a stand and, and trying to put our, our best uh, thoughts forward for public education. Sure. I can't say enough about those guys. Uh, with, with Speaker Bonin coming out, making it our number one priority, and then uh, Chairman Huberty taking the lead on it, um, he uh, is the right man for that job right now, and he's working extremely hard traveling the, the state. Uh, when we're in Austin, you know, uh, that's, a, that's a big thing for somebody to want to offer out, hey, I want to travel the state and talk to your suit. And and say hey, you know this is what this bill does. Give us. You know, we've already substituted the bill one time, and so they're t- they're listening to people as well. It's not going to materially change a bunch. It's a couple hundred, three hundred page bill, um, but it is. Uh, they're listening and they're changing things for the good. And it's more than we've done. It's 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 the most transformational piece of public education legislation in the last thirty years, no doubt. And and an add to that, if you're a taxpayer out there. What- it seems like there's going to be a, a reduction in taxes um, for supporting public school budgets. Yeah, there is, and we want to be real careful with that because it, 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 there's a so the nine billion dollars is broken up into two different pieces. Two point seven billion of the nine billion is uh, four cent tax compression at the M and O level for school districts. Um, what that equates to is is uh, you know is a different thing. It's going to all be based on value, and so we're reforming some things in in both property tax and school finance. Uh, but we want to make sure that people know that uh, we're working on p- compressing that property tax rate, giving you guys some more money and flexibility. The other $6.3 billion is going into schools and letting you guys use it the way that you see fit. Um, and so we're, we're cognizant of both uh, the property tax issue and the school finance issue, but we want to make sure that we're messaging that, that we're reforming the system right now. And I and just with any bill, nothing has ever been done in one session to completely change the way the state operates. We're making a, a large step towards uh, making some, some giant improvements here, though. All in all, it seems like a benefit for everyone, not just the, the public education, but also for the taxpayer and in, in the, in the thinking that's taking place right now. Sure. And, and also, you know, you talked a little bit about local control. Uh, you guys are, are, are making those decisions here locally, and that's ultimately uh, they, have, they have the ability to be engaged. You, you all are uh, a school district that sets out a set of legislative priorities and make sure that people know about it and they can come and talk to you. And I'll tell you what, uh, we're really special to be living in Rockwell ISD because our, our, our folks are our business people. They're leaders. They're leading, uh, you know, companies and, and uh, nonprofits, and they're going out out there um, you know how to get a hold of your people here people can can come and, and listen and, and have, have their voice heard and you know see at rotary or out at uh, around the Indeed. you know baseball games on the weekends or whatnot but we're, we have a special community or a 6 a.m basketball game with some <laughs> of the, the local community this morning as right. we did well we want to know a little bit more about you sure. um, representative holland favorite junk food 
favorite junk food is bluebell ice cream. Any particular flavor of bluebell? I'm a bride's, well, I'm a bride's so, cake guy. So uh, in, in my house, I've got two little girls and my wife. We all have different tastes. So we buy the Neapolitan. It's got three different flavors. That usually satisfy, satisfies So, so you went to all three elementaries. You got that covered. You covered all the flavors. That's right. I, I mine, is, mine is the vanilla, just the plain vanilla. But uh, I've got one that likes strawberry, one that likes chocolate, and Neely just gets to the leftovers. And speaking of your 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 kiddos, um, can you talk about who their favorite Disney princess? Yeah, well, that's a hard question because uh, either this last uh, Christmas or the Christmas before, my mom got them this giant box of every Barbie uh, uh, Disney doll that there was. So we have a bunch, but I know that uh, Belle from Beauty and the Beast and the Little Mermaid are probably the top the top winners there. We've got a lot of dresses and a lot of slippers and things like that all over the house, though. I'm a fan of Mickey, and those are two great characters as far as I'm concerned. All right, here's here's a tough one for you. Okay. Here. If you had access to a time machine, where and when oh, would you go? That's a good question. Uh, this is easy for me. I would go. I would be my same age right now, but I would go back to the early '60s. I think that uh, I'm a big history nerd. I like both sports, golf, uh, politics. I, I I think it would be incredibly fascinating to be 35 years old in 1963 or 62. I'd go. I'd, I'd make my way onto the Masters golf tournament, watch Arnold Palmer and those guys play, and and uh, travel to you know all over the state just uh, all of the greatest stuff happened in the early 60s to me i guess you know when i think about some of the clothing they wore back then and i think about some of the plaid (laughs) i think i know where this uh, is going jackets that you wear and the and and uh you know you're in the you're in the representative huberty category in terms of coats it all comes back i could have wore those blazers way back in the 60s and now i think they're in style but they may not be Sir, you give your time. You give you 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 have to leave your family to go to Austin. Um, when you look at the the big picture, you are a representative of of your community, and we can't thank you enough for all that you're doing. Well, I can tell you, it's a great honor to get to do it, and it's one of the greatest honors of my life. Thank, thank you, thank you for being with us today. You bet. That's it for this episode of the Rockwell ISD podcast, keeping it real with Dr. V. Allen. I'm your host, Dr. V, and I want to thank my guest, Representative Justin Holland. Remember, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram by searching Rockwell ISD, and you can find us on our website at rockwellisd.com slash podcast. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. Until then, I'm Dr. V. Thank you.